Oliver's playing around behind me. He may be making some disturbance, but um, basically I cut his... Well, we, I didn't do it personally, but we had his balls cut off today. <laughs> so I kind of feel like I should just let him do what he wants. This is the intro, this bit. Yeah, I feel bad for him. So, yeah, he's playing around with a Christmas bauble, so it may be making a racket, but I think there's some irony here. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Hello, good evening, and welcome to episode. Oh fuck, what episode is this? Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Dave isn't here, and it's all gone to shit. Um, I'm Lord Craven. I am the captain of a ship, and I'm joined, as ever, by my fez-wearing monkey assistant, Tom Peel. Hello. And our rotating cast of cabin boys has rotated round to Jack Abbott. Say hello, Jack. Hello. Uh, Jack, for anyone who doesn't know you, can you just give us a little brief introduction? Tell us who you are and what you do in Thrones. My name is Jack. I got into Thrones about six months before Second Ed was announced. And now I play almost every card game under the sun because magic has left such a big hole in my life. Okay, so you're a former big deal on the magic circuit, really, aren't yeah. you? Former yeah. crack addict. Former crack addict. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to hear uh, some of Jack's points later on because quite often on the show we take the piss out of magic. Um, <laughs> in a sense, a lot of people reference magic and go, oh, in magic. But um, in the little pre show chat, it's already come out. There's quite a lot of interesting uh, things that we can probably learn from magic and definitely compare and contrast thrones with so we'll get around to that in a little while so um today we are going to before we get on to some of the new spoilers uh first thing to do is uh pimp some tournaments which are coming up this weekend uh, all things being well you should be listening to this on friday which means you have one day to sort yourself out and get involved with the thrones weekender now uh, the weekender started last year as kind of a you know big event um, it was the same time, I think it was a weekend, where they burnt Shireen Baratheon, wasn't it? I believe so. I believe it was, yeah. And that video is knocking around somewhere on one of uh, Matrix tournament reports, so go and find it if you are so inclined. Um, but the tournaments are in Manchester on the Saturday, so that's fanboy free. And in Sunday, it's in Stockton, which is Beanie Games, I believe, isn't it, in Stockton? It is, yes. And... Uh... For anyone who's unaware, Stockton is literally south of Manchester on a bus. It takes about 20 minutes to get to from the town centre. Yeah. So um, if you know people who are going, I'm sure there's still opportunities to catch lifts and maybe find somewhere to crash for the evening, things like that. Um, Dave is a veteran of drinking heavily and doing well at tournaments, and he's already planning his decks to follow suit. So anyone who's going and intending to do this, I highly recommend your complicated deck is the one you use on Saturday. Um, but Dave will be obviously back next week, barring any horrible disasters, and he can tell us about how that went. Um, but on the subject of tournaments, we've also got, finally and confirmed, the list of regionals for the UK for uh, the coming year. Now, you can find these for yourself 
on the SDVM Games website, but just for the time being, and because we're lovely, I'll let you know where they're all going to be if you don't know already. So we've got one in Dublin, one in Stoke, one at Games of War in Seam. We'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, the aforementioned Fanboy 3 in Manchester's got one. Max XP Gaming in Glasgow has got one. Uh, Eclectic Games in Reading. Excelsior Comics in Bristol. And there is going to be a regional at the UK Games Expo, which is in Birmingham. And off the top of my head, I can't remember when that actually is. Um, bit of an odd distribution, in my opinion. Um, any thoughts on that, guys, before we go in, in depth? We're missing a South East or a London one. I think that's the... Yep, absolutely. I'm very surprised there's no London thing here, being you know, the capital of the UK and... Uh, the largest metropolitan population in Europe. You think you would <laughs> yep. probably get one. Um, but looking around the other games, I mean, just to take the heat off Estevium a little bit. Um, actually, I was expecting to scroll up and down at the other games and see loads of Londons appearing, but there's actually not. <laughs> no, there's, they've scraped out a lot of the London ones, considering that you've got, I mean, Warbore's not in London, it's in Kent, but it's just off. Yeah, uh, and you've got Dark Sphere, uh, Eclectic's close by as well, isn't it? I, I don't honestly don't know. But um, let's have a quick quick recce. Uh, the X Wing miniatures game. There is Warbore. I've got that, but no, nothing London wise. Oh, there's a few Southeast. Uh, Netrunner. Yeah, Netrunner. Dark Sphere. I've got that. Uh, Conquest. Nope. Well, Seam appears again with Conquest. Seam is uh, just uh, south of Newcastle. It is. We're going to get to that in a sec, actually, because I don't know where the fuck that is. I've never heard of it. <laughs> um, nothing really for Armada, but who plays Armada? Certainly not me, even though I bought a corset. Lovely. Um, and Star Wars. Nothing really in London. We've got that, though. That's on our Yeah, on our yeah that's, uh, that's southeast, though. Yeah, Gamers Nexus, repping Star Wars. So yeah, that's the list of Thrones regionals. Um, one thing I'm stupendously unimpressed with, uh, beyond the, the kind of shit distribution for us, is that there's one at the Games Expo. I think that's a bit cheeky, really, because you pay to go to the Expo anyway. Uh, you have to pay, re- if you're going to make the most at the Expo, you're not going to do a one-day job in Birmingham, especially if we're travelling from down here. So you're staying overnight. So it's a lot of money to front up to go into a regional which i think really should have you know should have come down south really and um not been at a place we have to pay to get in i think maybe your ticket should have come with the yeah with the reason of your choice um i'm reliably informed that it's not listed on the expo's website yet so i don't think tickets are available that may have changed i haven't paid a great deal of attention the last couple of days so if i'm wrong do let me know but um yeah a little bit disappointing I can't see myself making many more than possibly the Reading one, and that's unlikely. So, shame. Unless we all just bundle over to Dublin. Yeah, that'll be a fun weekend. For the day. Um, If you're listening to this and you would consider yourself of the meta where these um, things are going to be, I'm kind of reluctant to include Fanboy 3 in that because we do know a lot of people from Manchester already. So I don't really think they need um, repping as much. But um, if 
you know, this is your local store we're talking about. If you're actually from Seaham, one of the 10 people that live there, and you feel like you're being hard done by it, leave us a message. Come on, talk, talk to us about your meta and and then get some attendance up at your regional. We're happy to have, have you on. Um, I've been uh, inspired to do some research about Seaham myself. And um, yeah, it's in County Durham. It's got a nice is little harbour. Yeah. Oh. Um. Uh, where we go? Duh, duh, duh. Yeah, there's a little quote here on Wikipedia um, from Lord Byron. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Must be important. And Wikipedia says it would seem that Byron was bored in wintry CM, although the CM fraud him, as he wrote in a letter to a friend. Upon this dreary coast, we have nothing but county meetings and shipwrecks. I have this day dined upon fish, which probably dined upon the crews of several colliers lost in the late gales. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? <laughs> You're really selling it. Yeah. <laughs> You're really doing a good job here of selling a place that I, I, I am unaware of at current. But Absolutely. We'll... Top bants there. Yep. We'll be Googling that shit. Yeah. Uh, having a look at the street maps and determining whether County Durham is... County Durham is far. Uh, I mean, that's that's north of Newcastle, isn't it? Um, it's north of Rayleigh, so to me, it's <laughs> beyond the wall. <laughs> True. Um, I judge the wall around uh, Manchester. Anything north of Manchester for me is just is just north. Um, because that's when when you get to Manchester, the signs for the north stop, and it starts just becoming Scotland. Um, so that's yeah. always been my cutting point. Dragons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on Wikipedia, it lists some notable people who have lived or come from Seaham, including okay. one, Paul Gascoigne. Paul Gascoigne's from there? Oh, oh. oh, I'll be going. Well, he lived there in the late 90s whilst he played for Middlesbrough. Oh. So there you okay. go. Yeah. Um, Peter Burden, the former chief executive of Pound Stretcher, was born in the town. Yeah. The former CEO of Pound Stretcher. Of Pound Stretcher and Thorntons. They did really well, if I remember correctly, Pound Stretcher. They were... They're a, a successful business model. <laughs> they are a successful business model. Like Woolworths. They're up, they're up there. You know, and up finally, there. of course, who could forget that legendary former Sunderland footballer Richie Pitt? <laughs> no? <laughs> no? Just me then. No. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. That's Seaham. Lovely Seaham. It's a place you can visit. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, if you're listening to us and you're from the enormous sea and meta, um, take a moment. Stop staring out to sea and imagining what the fish are eating and let us know. <laughs> Where do you play your games? What's going on? So, there we go. That's sea and that's the regionals. Um, <laughs> so, in other news, better I feel, news. I feel you're a little bit bitter about the lack of London and the additional sea and sea Sorry, sea so, yeah, sorry, Sam. We're it's, sorry it's in advance. Um, it, it, it's just... no, it's, it is nothing personal. And to be fair, good. I'm glad that you know, who, you know wherever this place is and whoever plays their games there has got a regional. It's good. Um, I, I do think it's it's strange that there's no London regional for Thrones at least. And that's not me being biased as such because I'm 45 minutes away from it. But equally, it seems most of these regionals are within like a two-hour radius of Manchester. So there definitely is a disparity between places here. 
So I, I, I don't get it. But no, I mean, there, there's some gentle poking at CM because I've never heard of it. I'm sure it's lovely. Um, and I would genuinely like to know who's from there, who plays the game. Because they must have made a pretty good representation to get not one but two regionals from SDVM. So, you know, good on them. But just where the fuck is it? <laughs> I'm looking for it on Google Maps at current. Oh, I've got it. I found it. Right. It's uh, it's it's got a train station, a whole train station. It's just one of those things as well. When you look at Wikipedia and the the opening paragraph is, yeah, some bloke was there. He's so bored. He wrote a letter to his mate about how bored he was. <laughs> but wow, that is that's a claim. <laughs> He'll be a lot less bored if he attends the Game of Thrones regionals. You re- yeah. you know it. I tell yeah, you what, maybe you should have w- played Tyrell Lords of the Crossing because that's bants. It's going to be a very, very lovely, lovely regional, though, because it will be a lovely, quaint seaside town. Generally, though, if I could make any regional now, I'm going to go to see him. <laughs> I think it'll be a lovely day out for us I all. think we should. Do you reckon? I, think, uh, fine, I reckon. Welcome. When is it? What's the date? I don't know. Ah, okay. Um, well, if it's obviously out of peak times and not in the summer, when people apparently go to the British beaches and litter, um, then... Yeah. <laughs> favorite pastime let's go and do some littering yeah then I'll everything will whole be band. closed but it will be cheap to stay there so there's that they've, there's that there's something to look forward to they've got an asda so dave's in oh dave loves an asda dave loves secondary dave loves an asda so much anyway we've got very very off topic talking about cm um yeah. and they're we lovely. love you really cm but let us know if you're listening get get in touch put me right Tell me how boring it isn't. So, in other more exciting news, um, just before we went to air, I guess, we were uh, alerted to the presence of a spoiler article on FFG's website with some more stuff from the Stark Dulux box. So, we are very, very fortunate, actually. I think we do get to do these more than anyone else because they seem to come to come out just before we, we start talking. It's always on a Wednesday. Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. So this is it. The first podcast out of a now 975,000 you're going to find on Card Game DB. We're the only one that's going to be talking about this first. So shall we start? Yeah. Let's talk about some swag start cards. Um, so the first one we haven't seen before, or at least not fully seen, is a new Eddard Stark. He costs six gold, he's got a military and a power icon, and he has six strength. He's Lord, small council traded. I love that small council trait. It's I keep saying something. that's going to be something big. And it's starting it's, to happen. It's, it's coming. He's not loyal, which is fine. He's got Renown. And his reaction is, after Eddard Stark gains power using Renown, choose another participating character you control, and that character gains one power. What do we reckon initial opinions on that? I'm not sure he'll replace the other Eddard. Yeah, I'm kind of not sure either. The standing after every challenge is such a strong deterrent. Yep. And it just is. to get the reaction here, you have to come in with two guys, basically just to give another one renown. Yeah, and it's going to be a chud. It's going yeah. to be really claim soaking 99% of the time, isn't it? Yeah. So I like him. Um, but I'm preemptively hoping that small council trait suddenly becomes a lot more relevant later down the line. But I, I don't really tend to run the original Eddard anyway. Um, but I don't play a lot of Starks, that's probably why. But uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think he's good, but um, 
Yeah, he's going. He's going to become evergreen with another Eddard, which is probably better than him all round. So, but notice, I don't know if you picked up on this. I certainly did when I looked at the title of the article on the FFG website. So it says, "Family duty honor, rushing to victory with walls of the north." Now, viewed through the lens of a rush deck, this Eddard does become a little bit more relevant than the old one. He is a clock. He's one so, gold cheaper, and he's also one more strength. Yeah, so there is that. You can still reduce him. You've still got all the, the tech of the old one. But in terms of a rush, probably, yeah, he's got the edge out over the other one. But I think in every other scenario, the other one is better. Could you see um, playing him in a non-Stark deck, though? Because obviously they're both not loyal. I think the seven cost on non-loyal Eddard is dissuading for non-Stark decks because they've got better choices. Whereas here, yeah. putting in a six drops not as scary. No, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's probably why I don't run the seven drops. I tend not to run a lot of main house Stark. So um, I don't find a lot of use for him. But yeah, he, he's all right. I'm interested to see where they go with it, if it's definitely going to be a rush job we're talking about here. Um, but yeah, he's not bad. So, number... Uh, well, this is image four in the pack, but it's definitely one I haven't seen before, and I don't think it's been out anywhere else. It's a River Run Minstrel, which is a whopping four gold for a non-unique, free strength, intrigue, and power icon. House Tully trait, and the Minstrel trait. A reaction... After River Run Minstrel enters play, choose a House Tully character. That character gains one power. Hmm. Mm. I'm going to stick my neck out and say garbage. I controversial. Yeah. <sighs> Is it though? Actually, saying that. Um, yeah, it's all right. It depends I mean, how much. It's fighting with Caitlyn's slot. Yeah. You want to put say you, ideally, right? You pull this when you're on full team power. Marshal it, trigger it on itself, job done. Yeah? Great. So you only put one in your deck? Saying that, though. You put yeah. three in your deck? With the Caitlyn and the new fancy Eddard, you could get Caitlyn up to seven strength after one challenge. So with, with a new Caitlyn? With the new, well, the, the Caitlyn of uh, House Tully, Lady in the Seven. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. You so, could for be. example, if she's going to get extra power every time, you know, she gains strength every time she's uh, got a power. Um, yep. And obviously, you're killing people. You've got the Eddard to give her extra power. You've got the River Run Minstrel to give her another power yet again. You oh, can yeah, also saying, use them also... to bulk up the Blackfish, which are coming too, um, well, who need four or more power. So, I mean, I suppose it's a way of just getting extra power on these people just to make them all kind of overly better. Yeah, but that is also a 17 gold combo. It is, yes. But <laughs> in a in a long game, you're going to be loving that shit. Um, yeah, this is the thing. In a long game, power all of these things... Deck. Yeah, in, in a long game, these things will all add up. But um, I, I can't see the River Run Minstrel... And that is that's a plum spot. That four it's gold spot. Four gold is a lot of dollar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. An intrigue icon is nice, but I honestly I think. <sighs> Can you corset mul- Catelyn is just a million times better than this. Yeah. True. Can you multiply that reaction though? What do you mean multiply? Well, for example, can you just keep like bringing her back and forth? I mean, you can have four of them 
three of them in your deck. So you, you could, could get you could just play them all at once if you've got twelve gold, which is very unlikely in Stark. Um, and then get Uber Blackfish. That's what I'm thinking of here. Trying to get Uber Blackfish. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I can see where you're coming from, but again, these are all perfect scenarios. And yeah, but no, they this, to, to be honest, out. mate, this is bollocks. I'll give you that. I'm just trying to find <laughs> reasons why it's not bollocks. And I always like to take the left hand view uh, if I if I can. Like I'll always try and oppose them. Just you know, just to, ah. But what if? Because whoever designed this clearly put a lot of work into it. Um, now, because it's shit, is that for us to say? Yes, yes, it probably is. But meh, it's it's not. I don't understand why it's four gold. Four gold is a lot. If it was two or three and had less strength as well. Then oh god, you'd... if this was two, it'd be busted beyond belief. That's what I mean. And I think three gold would probably be the appropriate one with two strength. Yeah, I, think it, I mean, it's trying to achieve utility. But at four gold, it's not going to ever do that. Whereas no. if it was like two gold, had one icon and maybe one strength and did the same thing, yeah, you might yeah. be able to get potentially. Yes, yeah, that was that's what I mean. If it was a lower gold curve or a lower gold cost, this card might see quite a bit of pay. But if anyone plays one of these for four gold just to get that one power, I'm not sure if the trade off like for one power is worth four gold. I, I can't see that being really the best trade off in the world. Yeah, it's going to take some playing with, but I'm not sold on it. I, I I would probably, I can see myself dropping a cheeky one in just to see what happens, but just to see if you need that extra, if you need that, you know, one, if you're one power off in the plot phase, yeah, power's and power. You've got it in your hand, uh, it's going to win you the game, but you know, you could also have a Catlin Stark who could potentially win you the game anyway. So, what I do like is the artwork. Um, yeah. Just to briefly discuss the artwork, um, great picture, fantastic. But this is the most unenthusiastic looking minstrel I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's like someone's just, got a gun to her head. She looks really distracted, just like, I'm sorry. I'm like, Julie, pick up the harp. Play the harp for the wedding. I've, I don't know how to play the harp, John. I'm a violinist. Pick <laughs> up the fucking harp. It's got strings, hasn't it? What the fuck do you think you're doing? What am I paying you for? All right, I'll play she's it. sitting in a really big chair as well. I it's Eddard's she... chair, isn't it? She's, just, she's kicking back. She thinks, oh, he's all right. He's, he's out. Right, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to kick back and, oh shit, uh, Lord Stark, I was just uh, tuning my harp. <laughs> That's what happened. She's been rumbled sitting in Eddard's chair. Like, oh, yeah. fuck. So there we go. Right, that's a rib run minstrel. <laughs> okay. King, King Rob's Host is the next one. I love this um, card. Now, we saw the top half of this, I think, in the little five card spread before. I've certainly not re- I haven't read the text before. Um, it's eight gold. Woo. I know, but. It's military power, eight strength, it's unique and it is loyal and it's an army. No attachments. Incidentally, this means Sir Gregor Clegane is stronger. Van our whole army. <laughs> um reaction after you win a military challenge in which King Rob's host is participating, move one power from the losing opponent's faction card to an attacking character. Two power instead, if there is a war plot card revealed. Yeah. Now that's Shades say- of the South Ron mercenaries here. Remember the Sovron Mercs, the old um, Martel army? When you won with those, they could move a power. From the, uh, it moved to them, but that was always pretty handy. I actually like these quite a bit. I really do. I like them too. They've got a lot of strength. They're going to get through a military challenge pretty easily. And war plots, it doesn't specifically say even your war plot. You know, at the moment, plots are quite thin. How many war plots are there off the top of your head? Can you? I can think of about... I know. I can know of two. Three. I think. Storm of Swords. Yeah. Storm of Swords, Muster the Realm. I think that's a war plot, isn't it? It should be if it isn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a couple... Is Heads on Spikes a war plot? 
I'm just checking that now, you know. Uh, it's Edict something, isn't it? What's... Um, I am yeah, checking. Edict War. Yeah, there you go. So imagine that on a Heads on Spikes. That'd be brutal. Admittedly, you're not going to have the gold to get him out on a water plot. Um, but I, I'm, I'm quite, I quite like that. I, I do. Um, I like that. Oh, interesting. Fortified position is also a war plot. Yeah. So is yeah, marching but orders. You'd blank him. Yeah, true. True. Reinforcements. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I can finally start playing it. And of course, wildfire assault is a war plot. So there's um, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, naval superiority is a war plot. There's fucking loads of them. Rise of the Kraken, which I know obviously isn't as relevant, but um... doesn't matter, does it? We can still use it. Yeah, you can. Uh, actually you could no it's impossible yeah no it's loyal um, oh well yeah. well worth a try but I mean it would have been cool if you could imagine that shit um, but... I like them they're big they're scary they're unburnable I like big scary things um, well not unburnable but you've really really got to fucking burn these mm. to get rid of you them if someone's using two Dracaris to get rid of these crack on I like I like the idea of playing marching orders with them because um, then you've got the gold to put them into play and it's a warp yeah. so they're going to come down and hit hard there, that's no doubt about that. Um, so hard. you're going to have marching orders in that. You're going to have that in your deck as well. Right, I've got it. Brilliant. Marching orders. Play them. Boom. Here we go. Let's have a bit of fun. And then you start hitting them with heads on spikes to piss them off. Uh, fortify position. Storm of swords. It's a nice little card. And I reckon this is going to see a lot of play. And it's going to be horrible when we come up against it. And I must yeah. admit, although I hate to say it, I am liking the look of Stark. I'm starting to really like the way they're going. I'm liking some of the stuff they can do. And they're just oh, they're just becoming nice. Um, yeah, I'm buying what they're selling. Yeah, what they're selling is is looking tasty. And this artwork is fan dabby dozy as well. Yeah, I can't see the art. Is it Jevrezek? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Good old Thomas. <laughs> he knows what he's done. We love he him. He drew mate. all the guards on the cover boxes for the first edition, didn't he? He did indeed. He, he draws a good foot soldier quite well. He loves a foot yeah, soldier. Yeah, he. He's good at sweeping vistas with loads of army like soldiers in it. He's, he's bloody good at that. And also, he's pretty good banter as well. He, he's really good fun at Starlek. He gets stuck in a lot there. So, good work, mate. Yeah. Okay, what are we on to next? Oh, no. Next on the article is marching orders. We know about that. Trading, we know about that. Uh, Winterfell Castle. I think this has been discussed to death already. But let's just briefly recap it in case I'm wrong. Uh, Winterfell, unique. Four coal... Uh, I said cold because it looks like it's quite cold in the picture. Uh, for <laughs> gold, it's loyal. It's got the North and Winterfell as its traits. Each Stark character you control gets plus one strength. Reaction. After a challenge is initiated near Winterfell, then each player with a non-Winter plot card revealed cannot trigger card abilities until the end of a challenge. Fantastic. I like that. And again, I like what Stark are selling. They're selling me some tasty, tasty shit. Um, that's going to again encourage people to go first which I like to see because at the moment a lot of people are thinking second is better it's not for clarification you want to go first because first is fun um, and it definitely turns off a lot of fucking about doesn't it yeah it just goes right I'm going first here you go nah none of that fucking tomfoolery mate I'm going to have a little win yeah no it is good I, um, I think we however, have a lot of tempo loss though yeah however with, uh, four for one Bloody expensive. Yeah. My, uh, what I like about this is one word in the middle of a description. It says uh... winter. 
Yeah. Each player of a non-winter plot card revealed. Winter. It, mm. <laughs> it's happening, it, boys. It's coming. It's coming back. Oh, yeah. um, in some form or another. But no, the, there's winter tech coming, which makes me happy. Um, but I, I agree with both of you. I think it is pretty cool. However, there's no fucking way I'm putting this in a deck now. It it's just too expensive. It can't be blown up with a newly made Lord, though. So that's some, uh, some secure. That's there. true. Yeah. That's true. Um, when House of Dreams comes back, which it will inevitably <laughs> at some point, this is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think when how that's going to be a fun little House of Dreams location. A pretty solid one, yeah. nonetheless. But, um, yeah, I can't really see me playing it now unless there's someone to cheat it in because that is really, really expensive. Um, I don't think it's worth it. It's certainly not the wall, is it? You pay four for the wall and look what that does for you. It changes the whole way the game is played. Mm. This, Three or four locations have to really be winning you the game. They uh, do, yeah. Drawing cards, um, extra power, claiming power. Yeah. And um, remember as well that in first edition, this would have been a bit better because if, it, if you can't trigger card abilities, that would stop you using dupes to save people from dying, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Whereas obviously this doesn't count as that. So, yeah, I believe. That may be wrong. I wish Dave was here. He is well-versed in the rules. He's, he's well, no, he's well-versed in the rules when they, resolve, when they um, involve cancelling saves. He does love There's a song um, But yeah, without his guidance, I'm going to say I think that's how it would have worked. It's, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter because there's no first edition anymore. Sniff. But um, yeah, it's all right, but just not for today. Uh, then they talk about Tears, Dracarys. Oh, right. This one's a good one. I like this. He is a non-unique, free gold character with two strength. Military <laughs> and power icon. He's loyal and he's got the house mormon trait. Hey, back in the hizzy. Whilst he's called Bear Island Loyalist, by the way. Uh, while Bear Island Loyalist is participating in a challenge, each other participating start character you control gains immune to opponent's events. That's very good for something that cheap. That is very good. That's going to stop Tears of Lease. Um, that's going to stop a lot of things. That's, that's horrible for that cost. That's well, very good. Yes, it would... Stop tears of this, but he's gonna have to oh, have right. an intrigue icon and be involved for it to stop it. But you're on the right lines, definitely. Yeah, and also it's gonna stop a whole lot of shit we don't even know exists yet. A whole lot of shit, yeah. This is fantastic, genuinely very, very good. I think um, my only concern is you don't run three. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I you'd think have to stick at two, yeah, because there are only two strengths. Um, and the trait isn't positive yet. If he was a knight or something, I could see him probably going up to three. But um, I like that a lot. And he's um, loyal, so if you really want to reduce him in the field, you can. Um, and it locks down that immune to opponent's events fuckery to a stark main faction, which is nice. We don't want this guy popping up everywhere. So, yeah, I think he's pretty damn good. And lovely bit of art as well. Who drew this? <laughs> Sarah, oh, I can't see what the surname says. Sarah, I, I can't read the name; it's too small. But I, I know this sounds a bit on topic, but it looks like it says Winteros. It does, doesn't it? I thought I was going to say that, but I thought you would have think I'm making it up. 
Yeah, but well, in any case, that's a really nice bit of art. I love that. I love the photorealistic style, like Magali and Danch did as well. Like, I really like that. It's really nice. What a fetching axe as well. <laughs> a nice yeah. clean one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very shiny axe. So, um, in, anything about this before we move on? It's quite good. I like it. I enjoy it that. It is good. Again, Starker, uh, Starker putting it up. They're saying that this is our Stark box, so that might make a lot more sense. Yeah, it's slightly, uh, <laughs> yeah. Slightly in hindsight, uh, no wonder they're going to look good because this is a Stark box. If they didn't look good in a Stark box, um, I'd be somewhat worried. Okay. Winterfell Heart Tree. It's a one cost, unique location. Okay. This is a very, very unhappy looking tree as well, isn't it? Um, <laughs> he's not loyal. He's got the old gods trait and Winterfell. Uh, as a reaction, after a phase begins, sacrifice Winterfell Heart Tree to choose a start card you control. Until the end of a phase, that card gains immune to opponent's plot effects. Jack, what do you reckon? I don't, I don't know what this card does for, for anything at the moment. Can you trigger this choose a character on a wildfire turn and then pick three other characters yes that's okay in the same way that you can um if you've got maester uh, lewin out with bran mm. you can just keep ignore bran alive, yeah. yeah so that that was the first thing i thought of but, Do you have um, the accusations yep yep so if you chose that character that person then couldn't be targeted by filthy accusations but you have to guess before they flip it right you have to guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, the phase you sack it, and then they have picked their plot, and they're thinking, "Well, I'm not going to do that now." Exactly. Yeah. Um, also, though, consider ongoing plot effects that may take. I don't know. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head here. Um, uh, I can't. I've gone blank. But say there was something which affected. I don't know. The challenges phase. Once the plot's been revealed, you can then use this to to take care of it when the challenges phase rolls around to you know essentially blank that plot when this character is involved. That's a terrible example, but it's not always a case of just doing it in the plot phase. There may be ongoing effects that you want to work around. The um, old fury events uh, plots. Yes, that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. Peel, what do you reckon? Not overly amazed by it. Um, Holy shit, I've just thought of something. Sorry to completely cut you off. No, 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 that's fine. First Nerve Winter's about to come out. Really? That's good. So you could put this in, have it out, someone flips First Nerve Winter, then you can pick one of your dudes who would jump back. Done. So that's one way around it, and that's quite relevant, I think, going forward, because First Nerve Winter, like, believe me, is going to be everywhere. It's good as well, because you get to play it during your marshalling. Exactly. They even know it was coming. After yeah. they flipped it. So that does give it a bit of utility. It's obviously, it is unique, so you can't have loads of these out and then no, 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 no. protect a dozen people. I but... mean, the, sa- the sacrifice is quite a big thing uh, at the moment, really. It, it, it's... it is a... I mean, it would technically save it from Valor, I suppose, if you could bounce it back to hand afterwards. 
you might be able to... Uh, well, definitely Valor. When Valor comes out, if you think Valor's coming, oh, yes. this will do a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And keeping just one alive after a Valor, like you pick your, um, your Eddard or you pick your Caitlyn. Yeah, it's not to mention anyone else you've got dupes for and that sort of business. Um, I mean, we did briefly touch upon this last week. Another week before, sorry, when we discussed Valor, but it's not going to be as world-ending as people think. No, 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 fine. Because of the way dupes work and that sort of stuff. And things like this will help with that. Dupes are so going I can to... See this. I can see this going in as a one-off. Yeah, um, might be worth fun. Especially as time goes on. Might be, it might be lead to some lovely janky stuff, which is always entertaining. Um, yeah, I imagine people like Rowan are looking at this and salivating. Like, ooh, probably. if I do this, then bounce it. Fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's it's nice. It's all right. It's it's nothing at the moment. I can't really see a huge use for it personally. Uh, I mean, it'd be quite useful if. I mean, can't you just use the bear as well? They're saying that if the bear's attacking, you can get through one challenge, and you know they can't stop it, and then or use their card effects, and then you could do that, trigger it on someone else, do it. And... Would you it's really definitely a new angle, isn't it? Would you start? really want to trigger it on a big kind of character? Would you really want to waste it on someone like that? And just well, not waste it. Do you really want to sacrifice a big character? They're saying that for a game-winning play, you might just go fuck it. If it's going to win you yeah. the game, it's going to win you the game. You're not sacrificing the character though. You're sacrificing the tree. Oh, I sacrificed the tree. Oh, in that case, yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, so after that, I thought begins, it was. I just sacrifice the heart tree to choose a card you control, and that card gains immune to effects, opponent's plot effects. So this tree is giving someone that blanket sort of protection against anything that's written on the plot. Oh, you can save um, Gates of Winterfell from political disaster. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, because it says card, not character. Yeah. Um, if you think your ice or your lady is about to be confiscated, your lady. Oh, that's it. good. That's actually quite good. Yeah. Because you can good. usually tell when confiscation is coming, and holding confiscation off for a turn, letting you get your ice off, send that massive broadsword spinning into the abyss, um, is pretty good. To be fair, but it does create a very, very big game of bluffing cat or mouse, doesn't it? But um, yeah, I think it's, it, the more we talk about it, the more interesting this gets, actually. I think it's worth a punt. Mm. Especially um, for what, the low gold and the setup. Yeah, for one gold, isn't it? I mean, it's not, not the end of the world. Yeah, one gold to save something. Effectively is what's going to happen here. Um, mm. Even in a wildfire term, you can use it on that. You can indeed. It's not a save. It's a, so that'll be useful. Um, March to the wall as well. March to the wall. Yes, you left. could. You can protect them from being chosen. Yeah. Oh no, you don't, you choose, don't you? No, I don't think it would work. Well, if you've only got one card down. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Then again, if you've got a shit setup or something, yeah, I guess. Because yeah. um, sometimes, obviously, if they've just got one five cost character down, you've got March to the wall in hand. Sometimes it's worth just going. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's interesting. Actually, the more we talk about it, I do enjoy it. Grew it. Ones. Yeah. It's a lovely one. Yeah. Okie dokie. So, that's it. Um, that's it. That's all the start cards. They're finished. They're over. All it's done. Game over. Yep. Interestingly, isn't this like the third article for Wolves of the North? It's definitely the second. Yeah. Um, have we know. had this many with other big boxes? No. Because I, I, I can't think other games have them. No, they usually only have one article, in my experience. Um, it's not far away, either, I'm, I'm reliably informed. 
I mean, if their original bit of spiel was is to, um, anything to go by, it should be with us um, before the end of this cycle, which is very exciting. I'm very happy about that, if that is the case. But obviously, wait and see. Um, so, yeah, that was the Wolves spoilers. So, on to our topic of discussion this week. Um, a few people have mentioned this as something they want to talk about, I and mean, then uh, Jack also offered up some opinions. So, uh, we're going to discuss tournament etiquette. It's a bit of a hot potato at the moment for various reasons. Um, so, Jack, if you're happy and you're up for it, if you want to lead us in uh, with something about tournament etiquette and um, anything you've picked up, especially from Magic, which may be uh, useful for our listeners. Yeah, um, I think the biggest problem I've had moving into sort of the FFG sort of organised play is that there are no defined judges and that a lot of the time we end up judging ourselves with the rules. So am I right in thinking, sorry, am I right in thinking in Magic then there's a, like you get actual kind of people who are specifically judges and they they rock up to events, they are a judge. They are a judge program system. So they're Um, kind of trained almost, like ratified as judges prior to the event. Yeah, they go all the way up to level fives. So you can take uh, exams. So you go from rules advisor level one, two, three, four, and five. Sorry, there's one second. There's exams for magic. There are. Uh, I'll pass. <laughs> wow, it's like being a proper like wizard. You oh, I'm doing me well. uh, doing me red magic exam today. Yeah, well, that's good though. Actually, it's not to be sort of immediately slipping into taking the piss out of magic. <laughs> yeah. um, Does that mean that uh, theoretically you could kind of effectively just earn money by just doing magic? It's, As in, if different. you become like a professional judge, so to speak. I would like, say that anyone under level four doesn't actually work for wizards. They act, they're more like you turn up, and whoever's running the tournament will probably pay you in product. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you judge a, like a small tournament, they'll probably go, "Here's a box of magic." Uh, and a, there's a big sort of judge community for reselling cards. Question: At magic tournaments, and they say, "Here's a box of magic." Do you ever just get a box of magic tricks? Because that would be more interesting for me. You open it up and it's full of dreams and hope. No, like an actual magic trick, like you know the ring. All oh, right. <laughs> it's like a top hat and a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> various things like that. I think that would make magic more interesting for me. Oh, yeah. I've got this one. This is shit. <laughs> this rabbit. Tim Willoughby, no- one of the uh, long-standing sort of magic players, and I think he works for Wizards as part of their event coverage team. He's part of the Magic Circle. Ah, oh, cool. And he shows he shows people how to cheat. Like he's where well, he shows himself cheating. He's like, and this is how I create the top seven, uh, and it's it's perfect, and you can't win. Um, he's like, but I wouldn't do it because it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, the magic circle, you say? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, just gonna send off an email. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Um, okay, so yeah, we we immediately derailed your topic there, Jack. But, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. so magic has got proper ratified judges. And magic. Carry on. Yeah, because you, you tend to find that people, they want an authority point in a room as to who is going to give the last say on a ruling. And yeah. um, because these games are, I don't want to call them inconsistent, but like first edition definitely was. Um, so you, you want someone who can absolutely give like the last ruling. Yeah. And a lot of the time as well, the tournament organizer is the person who owns the shop. And it may be that they don't even play the game. Yeah, that's certainly the case um, in 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 our our home turf. Isn't well, it? yeah, exactly. 
so um, people feel less happy taking rulings from those people because you know they don't think they're qualified or they don't think they've reached a certain point in the game to know about it well yeah this happened actually at the weekend didn't it when um <clears throat> i won a star wars uh, store championship oh here we go um yep. <laughs> but we we had a very similar well an almost exact example of this problem didn't we if you recall the game i was playing yes. against a chap and um we had some disagreement shall we say about a rules interaction did you get in an argument craven no not at all i was very very um uh I think Fair. you had to be courteous against that opponent. Yeah. Um, but we we called the judge over. Now, the judge was um, Gary, who was, who was running a fantastic day. He did a great job as tournament organiser. But unfortunately, Gary was also playing in the tournament. Right. And we had no higher authority to appeal to. Now, as it stood, the chap uh, in question didn't actually agree with Gary's ruling. I think he, he eventually kind of just conceded his point because everybody who heard what was going on came over and said the same thing he did concede but um i mean i knew i was in the right it definitely was right but i didn't like the idea of this person going away from the game feeling like they've been hard done by due to the absence of an official verdict which was unequivocally official and impartial so i can definitely see the need for what Jack's talking about here. And also, I mean, at Starlink last year, when I got fucked over that stupid <laughs> call. That, you knew that was coming up. It's not you knew I was going to mention that fucking yeah, yeah, cold yeah. hands call. Um, that was my fault. I mean, I should have... That was one point, and there was actually a head judge there, and I should have called a head judge over. Yeah. But nonetheless, all of those judges there were people from the community who are players and have been elected through, through some sort of, I don't know, maybe they volunteer or, or whatever. But there's no official system which says that these people are categorically always going to be right. So, yeah, I mean, perhaps something like what Magic has got isn't a bad shout. I think they are. They did say they were going to do it with Netrunner, but I haven't seen any movement on it. They said they were going to make a judges program because they had that thing with Netrunner where there was like a ruling a judge had given and then the FAQ came out the next day and it was different. Okay, that's embarrassing. Yeah, um, I think it was their support uh, group. Like, they... They asked them on the forums and they got like a different answer from what the FAQ said the next day. And it was like, oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. So you found that quite difficult to adjust to. Yeah. Because like the problem is, is when I join groups to play cards, I'm normally joining in with, as a lot of people are, is you find the person who's the most sociable in that group and almost like leading it. So then yeah. you turn to them to ask them the rules question and it looks like you're turning to your mate and going, am I doing the right thing? Like, And when they rule in your favour and it's such crushing for them, it's like, oof. Yeah. Well, my mate says it's great, so... Yeah, let's go. Um, yeah. My friend tells me I can do this, so... Meh, meh. And yeah, I know what you mean. It is a bit kind of asking someone who you've grown up with or whatever... Um, yeah, it's going to look bad. Let's be honest. If someone doesn't know you, people, um, and you're turning around and going, yeah, I need you to rule on this, and he rules in your favour, it's definitely not a good thing. And it does feel a bit shit when someone rules against you, and you're still a little bit sure, like, you're still unsure why, so to speak. You kind of just go like, hmm. Yeah, it does, a lot of the time, I think it does depend on, on the personalities involved, though, as well. I mean, there's ways to go around this. Um, but, yeah, it could... It could get out of hand. It could upset people. It could lead to a pretty bad experience. 
So, um, yeah, okay. So, is there anything else sort of tournament-wise, Jack, that you've, uh, you've encountered? So, further on with judges is I think you get a lot of more casual people turning up to uh, more higher levels of play in this sort of... Because there's only, like, you've got Games Night Kit, which is the lowest... Mm. And then you have store championships, which are, I would say, are fairly serious tournaments um, in sort of the, the long run of it. Yeah. And because you are giving out buys to regionals and buys are very big prizes. Um, and then you and then after that, it's the regionals, nationals, worlds. So there's a very sort of small structure to go through. Um, so if people sort of turn up to store championships because it's, oh, it's my local store, I want to turn up. Um, and then they sort of they get the rules wrong or they miss a trigger and they want to go back a turn and they can't turn to a judge who says, no, look, I know this isn't, it doesn't sound fair to you, but this is, you know, this is a serious game and you need to follow the rules. Then they get quite angry or they get very passive aggressive in most cases. And I, I experienced that when I was at, when I was at Warbore, one of my opponents wanted to do a reaction from last turn to the street assisters. Mm. Whoa, then, a whole turn away. A whole turn, yeah. They got yeah. round to the next challenges phase and went, oh yeah, I won this by five last turn. Do I get to claim it? And I'm like, no. And they're like, why? They, they didn't call me an arsehole. <laughs> I, said, I said, no, you don't get to do it because it's your job to remember to trigger your cards. Mm. And, and I think that was fairly blunt. But, um, and they said, and I said, look, I know you're not going to like me saying that. So please call a judge over and have them rule for you because you know you don't just want to take my ruling and they said no i'm not going to be an asshole about it <laughs> oh uh, yeah passive aggressive asshole calling okay so that sounds like a really fun game yeah <laughs> i know i know it's been great for the next on the mod win. oh right then. you won it did you mod win yeah by one oh, power you kind of have to after that oh by yeah. one power <laughs> by one power yeah they were so salty at the end it was beautiful <laughs> oh no okay yeah, I mean, well, we have covered briefly taxi backsies before. Um, just don't if you if you've missed one, don't ask, don't put someone in that position where they have to say no. Like it really is your job to remember them. I think there's there's kind of like an unwritten rule, maybe a couple of seconds leeway. And I've often said in the past, if people have said, "Oh shit, I've missed this," do you mind if I do it? And like, if it's within like 20 seconds, and the only thing that's happened is a bit of thinking time. Yeah, maybe. But if any significant action has happened afterwards, I don't think it's... Um, I, it's just not enough. If, yeah, I'd probably say the rule I'd run with is if you've already played another card or done anything else or declared... Um, sometimes even if you've gone end of challenge, all right, I'm done with my challenges, and they go, oh, wait, I've got... Do you mind if I trigger this? Uh, if you haven't actually done anything and nothing really has been changed with the game and I haven't taken a turn or declared a challenge or something, then I'll probably just say fine. But if it's like three rounds on, because I've done it a few times, I've asked as they get. And obviously some people, if it's just a friendly game and we know we're both not going to make the cut, it's more likely to just go, oh yeah, sod it, that's fine. It doesn't really matter too much. It's not going to affect the game. It doesn't affect the standing. But if it is obviously a competition in the tournament, basic rules are, if it's a friendly game, and you want to go back, yeah, don't really, doesn't really bother me. If it's a tournament game, probably just going to say no, because 
it's going to yeah. give me an advantage. And let's be honest, I want to win more than you. Or just as much yeah, as you do. Like, let's be honest, you want to win. You don't really want to just sit there and lose. And letting someone go back sometimes can win them the game. Yeah, I mean, I would change how I feel about this if it was like one of you guys and, you know, and nothing had happened in the game and you said, can I do this? And I wouldn't even think about it. So, yeah, fine, whatever. But then again, even if it was one of you guys and it was a whole turn later on, I'd be like, oh, come on, mate, like, don't tell the Yeah, piece. if it was a turn later on, I think it's fair to say you just go, nah, you missed that, sorry. And it's almost better in a way if it is someone you know who asks you. Because <laughs> you can say that yeah. to him. You can say, don't fuck me about people. Come on, <laughs> if it was someone you've never met before, if it was like a 10-year-old has turned up to a Conquest tournament and they go, can I do this? And you're like, no! <laughs> you missed your trigger. <laughs> if, if I'm openly smashing someone and they're like, can I do this? I just, I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, because <laughs> it's, it's better for them to go away having had like, they got their stuff to work. Than, <laughs> yeah. than like I, 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 I deny a them a power or like <laughs> yeah do it really magnanimously as well yes of yeah. course peasant <laughs> I you can trigger true. this yeah it's not going to do anything anyway my best story is is, jo- is I'm going to call Joe out now um, his first I think it was his first big tournament it was a store championship for, for Conquest and he's playing against Nigel and um, Joe's playing Ragnar and Nigel's playing Zaratha and they, they commit their warlords, and Joe and uh, Nigel commit to the same planet, which, if you know what Ragnar does, means prepare yourself. Um, you're about to get a shit kick in. Yeah. And, um, and Nigel goes, oh, crap, I forgot the way the planets are lined up, so you deal left from right. Uh, but obviously, because you're on opposite sides of the table, uh, sometimes you can think, oh, we dealt right to left. Yeah. And he was like, oh, can I take it back to the planet I thought I meant? And Joe no. was like, yeah, sure. And I was just like, oh, God, Joe. What are you doing? Yeah, like he's seen where you're deploying now and you've let him move back. Nigel was a lovely guy and I don't think he was like trying to get like some sort of edge out of it. But No, but Nigel's significantly better at conquest than most people. Yeah. So and knowing you, left you should right be like, is probably mm-hmm. inexcusable. But I, mean, I, I have done it before. I've done it in a, a friendly game to them. Uh, with Alex before, I, I've completely bollocked up what way the planets are committed to like planet one and realizing yeah. that's actually planet five. But I'm shit at conquest, so <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. there's no excuses there. I mean, as I said, done that, that's the reason that explains the whole thing, but um, yeah, so taxi backsies is fair enough. And we had an interesting uh, question pop up on this subject actually. Um, Becky mentioned something in a chat earlier on. Um, on the subject of tournament etiquette, I believe, is when or if should you concede a game? At what point would you throw the towel in? Or should you ever? I, now, let's, let's purely put this in, in a tournament so it matters. Generally, um, if I know I'm going to lose, I will state, yep, I think you've got this one. Let's just play it through to the end see how it works out. But even though... like. Fighting to the very end could end up with a mod loss, mod win. Yeah, but I'd rather they have a full win in most cases if I know I'm completely fucked. Because otherwise, if you're because there's nothing more annoying than you're sat there, you know you've got this in the bag, and they're umming and ahhing for about ten minutes over which person to kill. And that's like, do you know what I mean? If you're basically going to win on the next challenge, they spend ten minutes umming and ahhing. And you know that you're going to win dominance or win on the next plot phase because you've got a plot which gives you three power or whatever, minstrels. You, you, you know what I mean? You, you know you're going to win. There's no way they can stop you unless they pull out 
one particular card, and if they have that particular card, they're going to pull it out and use it, and they would have used it in the first minute. They're not just going to sit there for 10 minutes umming and ahhing for no reason. They've obviously kind of got, and it's just kind of like, I find that really frustrating. Slow play in situations like that is just kind of, if you're slow playing for a mod loss, that's just, that is a... That's cheating. Yeah, that's what I mean. And mm. sometimes if, if, if that's the situation, that's what it feels like. So if I know I've lost and I know time's coming up and I know I can't stop them um, getting through a challenge, I will just, right, okay. Yep, well done, you've won this. I think you've got dominance. Yep, brilliant. Congratulations. Um, and run well, it through and give them the full win. That does actually bring up quite an interesting point based on what we said earlier on. So picture a scene. We haven't got a, an official judge. It's a store owner. He knows somebody. You know, maybe the person who, who who you'd suddenly become concerned is slow playing on purpose. How the fuck do you call that properly? You can't. There's no way of calling slow playing. I'd quite like to have round timers put in Thrones. I really would. Um, it, what turn timers? Like chess? Yeah, clocks. kind of like you get five minutes for a round per round each, like a chess clock, and you pause it. I'd, I, I, would... I mean that that question's been brought up in Magic a lot, and they've tried it, and it's it's completely undoable. Yeah, Just, I'm sure it is. I'm yeah. sure it wouldn't work. And most times, people aren't slow playing for things; they're calculating all their next moves. But there are times where you do look at people and you think, "Why are you slow playing this? I'm going to take three of your characters, regardless of what you do. You may be able to save one of them, but I am going to increase the claim in two seconds anyway. After you've declared, because you're waiting in a, in the challenge window." You're waiting on their action window. They're not using it, but they're umming and ahhing. You can't take yours because, oh, no, one second, I'm thinking. Well, all right, then think. But sometimes... Think faster. Yeah, sometimes, if, especially if you've heard there's a five-minute... All right, okay. The, the worst scenario is you're in... You're, you're, you know you, you've calculated. It's like your last challenge of a round. You've calculated you're going to end up on about 13 power. You need it to go to the next round. All right, that's what you need to happen. You need that to go to the next round because you know one more challenge after that, you've got it. You're probably going to end up on 14 power at the end of the, at, the, at the end of the round, and you need to get another plot out because they've used their valor. Their board is empty. They've got two cards in their hand. They've got two characters remaining, and you've got a board full of beasts, and you're just literally waiting to gather the power because you can't make enough challenges quick enough. Like in situations like when that, they start slow playing yeah, the if they decision. start slow playing that and decide spending twenty minutes over which of their two characters to kill, like that to me is just as bad as cheating. And then when it goes last time on the round, well, well hang on a minute, you're on. Well, it's not just as bad as cheating, mate. It literally is in the game rules. Cheating. Yeah. You're on six power. I'm on thirteen. You've got no characters on the board and one card in hand. I've got a card. I've got like seven characters on the board and there's no valor or anything. I know I'm going to get through a challenge and win on the next round and. That is like I've had a few games like that where it's gone to time and it's been like, well, I had you in the next round, and you did take a long time. Like I'm not saying anyone I've ever played has cheated, but I'm sure it goes on. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's a there's a few times where you oh, think... it absolutely certainly does. Um, it there's been a couple of famous Magic players who've been been banned for years for it because they never sorry carry on sorry yeah I mean um, you can look up Gabriel Nassif at the Pro Tour playing Affinity. And he starts getting really sort of agitated because the judge starts watching him play. Yeah, yeah. And he starts to say like, "How can I make all these decisions when a judge is watching me?" And it's he's playing the straight up aggro deck in the format. Like literally, I play as many guys from my hand as I can this turn and attack you. And he's sitting there like going, "Ooh!" Like flicking through cards and you know 
they do do it. There's there's times where you do you might I think it might be just professional enough to just say look you're taking the piss I've won the next round you've heard there's only ten minutes left you know you've lost can we just get this underway so I can win properly instead of having to get a mod win from you wasting fucking time. I did it at Athena. Did you? Yeah, uh, my first round guy, I asked for a time check because he was umming and ahhing over what challenge he wanted to make with only two characters in play. Yeah. It's a- uh, and I had I had Tywin, Jamie, and the Hound in play. And he had, like, Garden Caretaker, Jorah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> uh, the guy, uh, I think it was Kieran, he was like, oh, 20 minutes left on the round. And I went, like, can you make this decision because I don't want to get a mod like win. Like, <laughs> I was yeah. like straight up, like just I, I don't want to lose this. Hmm. I, I often wonder, do I play too fast? Because I've been playing uh, on Octagon quite a lot recently. And Octagon's a terrible format to base this on, but just in Octagon, um, I've been playing quite a lot of Hearthstone over the last month or so, um, and and even Star Wars at the weekend. Um, when my turn rolled round, I've spent the whole of my opponent's turn thinking about what I'm going to do. I even do it in board games, actually, think about it now. I very rarely take a lot of time on my board game turns because I tend to know what I want to do going into the turn, have a quick recce, make sure nothing's changed, bang, 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 done, pass. But then, almost exclusively, when I hand over to other people, not exclusively, that's the wrong word, universally, um, I find my opponents in these games take significantly longer than I do. And that's not because I'm smarter than anyone else. Or because I'm better. Oh, no, I'm, I'm a not. considerably worse player than most people out there. And, like, by no means do I think that I'm going to win most times. But at the same time, I know what you mean. Um, you work out what you're going to do, in theory, before yeah. you see it happen, so to speak. Like, you think, right, worst case scenario, this is going to happen. Best case scenario, this is going to happen. And you go, if this goes off and this card doesn't come out, I can do this, this, and this. And I've got my challenge order, and it's all gravy. Um, yeah, I get genuinely baffled as to what takes people so fucking long. Mm. Like, what what are you thinking about? Like you, the the numbers are all here on the board. Like you know what you can and can't get through. The only variable is what's in my hand. But you're not going to find that out until you commit to it. There's been times in games where I've actually had enough time to go on Amazon and do my Christmas shopping. Because <laughs> 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 it's just like, oh, it's your turn. Yeah, no, yeah, go on, go on. And he's like, I'm doing this. Okay, uh, block it with that. There you go. Do, do, do. All right, I'll play this. Can't cancel it. He's dead. Cool. No worries. Do, do, do. And I'm just kind of like just browsing on my phone while they're doing, which probably looks really rude, but it's just because I have a very short attention span. Um, and in situations <laughs> like that, where you know you're you're arming an R, someone's sat across from you, arming an Ring, it's just like, well, I'm gonna get frustrated, so I may as well keep my mind occupied because otherwise I will just kind of go, yeah, hurry the fuck up, and. Just it's the way I've always been. Uh, it's, it's like that on video games. I get pissed off when people take ages to move. On video games, yeah. like just fucking kill him. Oh, but he's got a sniper rifle. I don't give a shit. Just fucking run at him. <laughs> what, run what's at the him. worst that can happen? You can respawn. Oh no! You would have been a fantastic World War One general. <laughs> I would have. What's the? Just fucking run at <laughs> it. That's how they want um, it. So, yeah, that is um, that's a thing. People taking a long time to make decisions. Um, but, I mean, back to the original point about conceding games. Um, so, Peel, you're saying you would concede happily when you know the if, game's out If I know I can't win and I know time's coming off on the round, nine times out of ten, I will just concede and just say, look, I'm done. I cannot win this. 
Um, you know, you're on 13 power. Round's coming to an end. You're going to win on the next round. Um, yeah, that's it. I just concede. I'll just go, look, we'll just quickly run it through as quick as possible. I'll do this. Yep, can't do that. Cool, no worries. Um, yeah, that's it. Play the next plot. Unless I've got Valor, unless I've got some amazing plot which is going to revolutionize the game. Which, there are some plots that can do that. Um, but very rarely will I concede. Um, if Yeah, very rarely will I let the game run to time if I know that they're going to win and there's nothing I can do about it. I'll try and make sure it goes through. Okay, cool. Jack, have you got any alternative to that? So, back to magic you are allowed to intentionally draw with people which I don't think I, I think it's prohibit, expressly prohibited in FFG rules to uh, to just come to a draw yeah I've certainly uh, never heard of it yeah so in magic you would like I have drawn let's say there's a six round tournament and you are five and oh and your opponent's five and oh what's the point of playing your last game um you're both in to the top eight, right? Even on five and one. Um, let's just draw and go for lunch. Because, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what's the point of wasting time? Or even like, if two players get to a point, let's say they're both five and, let's say they're four and one coming into round six. Uh, and they know that if I win and I go five and one and you go four and two, four and two doesn't make cut, five and one does. Uh, and you work it out that four, one, and one will always make the cut. You both draw to get in to top eight. That, that blows my mind. I don't mind. think anyone's ever done that. I don't even think that's allowed. You can't. You can't do it in Thrones. Yeah. I've read the rules. Yeah. Oh well. I remember reading first ed rules and saying that it wasn't allowed. I um. I must admit. Um. If I, I I do find it a little sometimes. Again, if you've missed lunch because a game's overrun or something, and you've been sat there for ages, like waste. Like again. And you come up against someone and it's nothing better when you, the game finishes quickly. And you can just go, right, brilliant, fantastic, I'm going for lunch. Um, I must go for a cheeky I one. must admit, there are times where I will just kind of not really try um, in any way, shape or form in order to go to the pub. Especially if I'm like right down the rank. Rankings. Like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make the cut. Fuck it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Bin it off and go down the bus. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I'm someone in that way in mind. I'd rather go down the boozer than just sit there and look like potentially win a game to get me third from the bottom or second from the bottom. So you know, there are times where I've just kind of semi conceded, but not officially. Well, I mean, my take on this is a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, in the sense of it entirely depends on the sort of person I'm playing. Yeah. Because if you've been a dick. I'm going to fight to the bitter end. Yeah. And if time falls at that particular moment because you haven't beaten me quick enough, then unlucky. But if you're a pretty genial chap and we've had a nice time and all that sort of business, um, then, yeah, I, I would probably follow your lead, Pio, and go, you know what, mate? There's no hope in hell I'm going to win this. You take the full win because, you know, a mod win, especially in a new tournament format, the new ranking system and all that, a mod win is as good as a loss, really. Yeah, it's not gonna. It's not gonna benefit me if I get a mod loss, is it? Let's be honest. A mod win is gonna fuck you completely yeah. because just the way the cuts are now. So yeah, I I I agree with what you're saying. I would do that. Um, so any more, Jack? I mean, this has been quite uh, profitable. 
this magic uh, perspective. You're not allowed to collude going into the tournament in magic. So you can't go like, before we go in, like, oh, you've got the best chance of winning this tournament. So if ever I have to play against you, I'm just conceding immediately. Oh, don't worry. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I come up against Craven or Dave, I will fight them. I'll lose, but I will fight them. Uh, oh, I, I quite enjoy coming up against Dave because that's uh, occasionally I pull it out the bag. Yeah, well, every I think I've beaten Dave once. I think maybe at a tournament. I can't remember. Um, once upon a time, many moons ago, I've beaten him at a tournament. But um, generally, I don't think we play each other very often. Uh, but I've played you a couple of times, Craven. Indeed. Yeah. Um, I think Dave is just edging me out. Actually, I think overall Dave is probably one more, mm-hmm. and. And also, he's won games of more significance than I have. Um, Nationals last year being the uh, the big one, of course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, collusion, obviously, is a massive hot potato, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you can't say collusion without talking about DC, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but that is a topic which um, certainly hasn't reared its head in second edge yet. Um, and hopefully it won't. No. Because it boils my piss. Competitive multiplayer. Because it's it's not worth it. No, it's cheating at the end of the day, isn't it? Collusion. Um, no other way to put it. It, it is cheating. Um, yeah. If you are colluding with someone and you're agreeing to let them win, you know that's just not sportsmanship. I mean, let's be honest. We're all going to be in a position at some point where our mate could theoretically go on to win the tournament, and he comes up against us in the second game or the first game, and it's kind of like, oh shit. Um, but at the same time, that early on is not going to make a difference. And to be honest, if you come up against each other and, and you're fighting for top 16, I think both of you are going to want to get into top 16. I can't see anyone who, or top 8 or make the cut. I can't see anyone going, yeah, you go through. Uh, yeah, basically, if you're playing a game with your mate, what you're getting out of that is a good time with your friend. You're not getting a free ride and vice versa. No, you will, you will fight them down. And you will do as much as you can to, to stop their... Stop their thing, but oh, definitely, hundred percent, absolute, one hundred percent bragging rights. Mm. I'd much rather come on the cast and say, "Unlucky, <laughs> Dave or Peel, I uh, I took it from at the end." Then come on and go, "Oh yeah, brilliant! I let you uh, springboard off me to win something." Fuck that. Yeah, you want to beat me? It's all about uh, yeah, exactly. It's uh, friendly rivalry and all yeah. that. There's an interesting point for other games where they have actual um, money prizes, basically. Where you are, teams will walk into tournaments, big tournaments, with splits already in place. So, like, because we've all tested together and shared our decks, like, that knowledge is worth 10% of your winnings if you get to the finals or you make above a certain cut. That's quite fairly common. Okay. This is it, magic. It, yeah. It's a poker thing as well. Uh, not like this, only when they get to the top eight as a split. But um, people will like have pre-tournament splits in Magic because obviously a lot of it is deck building before you get there. Yeah, I've done that before in poker. Um, I mm. used to play poker fairly seriously when I was at university um, with two other friends, and um, yeah, we had a, a standing agreement. We we would play every week um, at a cash game. It was well dodgy. It was like a cash game thing underneath some multi-story car park, like in oh, Norwich. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sounds fantastic. I don't really. I've, 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 I know more about how the world works now than I did then. Um, I really probably shouldn't have been there. It was pretty grim. But um, <laughs> we did have a long-standing agreement that we would split our winnings. Um, the problem was, um, 
when other people at this place became aware of that. <laughs> um, uh, and one very legs. significant evening, I looked down and I saw, you know, in my in the hole, two aces. And I'm like, okay, that's a. It got down to after the the flo- after the turn, so it's going into the river. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen much more, um, but I was sort of pot committed here. I was still sort of betting. My mate over from me was still betting. And I was calling everything he was putting in, thinking, no, I'm on the fucking nuts here. Um, he dumps a load of chips off to me. Eventually, we, we turn. It was an ace and a four. wasn't two aces at all. But the way he dumped chips off to me and all that sort of business, people looking on figured, hang on a second... Why the fuck's this guy dumping loads of chips and then folding and this guy's sitting on nothing? So I'm like, well, oh, shit, whoops. I thought that was something different. And now sort of everyone knew we was all in cahoots to sort of split our winnings. Him dumping a, a sizable chip stack onto yeah. me looked so fucking dodgy. I'm amazed we got out of there, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty grim. So I've got some experience of splitting, splitting prize money at least. Um, and it... It looks suspicious for everyone else looking around. And yeah, I'm sure it can give rise to situations like that, either through accident or on purpose, where people's behaviour is definitely called into question as a result of it. And I certainly hope there's never any substantially valuable prizes offered up for these tournaments, because um, I think it would introduce a horrible element to it, especially given the the player base has expanded so rapidly. A lot of people are coming to card games for the first time. And as we've seen, a lot of people are learning tournament etiquette for the first time. So introducing a big money prize into that, uh, I think would be a bad thing. So I hope it never happens. Tell you what though, if there was a money prize, I'd definitely play better. Yo, a lot of people would. Alex definitely would. (laughs) Alex Alex would play so much better. And it would become a massive, massive rivalry. You know for a fact there'd be fucking anger going on in that tournament. It would become a less friendly place, but... Some of the it would yeah, but some of the players it would be fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean, I put a tenner on the table with Alex the other day, and he's played the best game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, yeah. he's shit at thrones normally. You stick a couple of quid on the table, he turns into bloody Jakob. <laughs> it's unreal. Which does lead me then, just for my last little thing then, before we before we end for this evening, mm-hmm. is my appeal, which basically is Jesus, don't leave us. Um. <laughs> Anyone who's got a card game DB account, you are missing out on absolute gold. Um, if you aren't reading, how do I get good at this game? Started by Yeezus on December the twenty eighth, two thousand fifteen. It's currently on the front page of the forums. Um, now, our friend Yeezus started his thread, his journey, his story by asking, "How does he get good at this game?" Um, there's a very humble post at the start. I'm terrible at this game. I don't win much at all. How do I get better? A lot of, of helpful people, um, friends of a show like Barney and Isteril jumped in, helped him out. And then we've got to enjoy Yeezus' journey as he's experienced and played with different decks. But it's culminated with today, or was it today? At least a day or so ago, with Yeezus basically saying... He's had enough. He's probably going to sell his collection on eBay. If anyone wants it. Now, we don't want that to happen. Please go and read this thread and just... 
Jesus's posts are the best thing I've read on Card Game DB in such a long time. They are so enjoyable. Um, I, I want him to stay. So everyone, just pile in here. Tell Jesus to stick around. Um, I would read out some of the quotes, but honestly, I think they're better if you just read the whole post and let the man bush you. Um, because they're so funny. So yeah, go and have a little read and then appeal to Jesus to stay with us because he's superb and a refreshing change of pace to a lot of the whining that goes on on that forum. So yeah, that's it from us. Uh, next week, David will be back. He'll be telling us all about the weekend, uh, any cards that they set fire to um, and how they got on. Um, hopefully someone from Seam will be in touch and uh, tell us about their little town and how great it is. And uh, yeah, who knows? We may get lucky and go to air just before another spoiler comes out. So that's it from us and catch you next time. Oh, guys, I wish I kept my fucking eye on my emails. Lannister spoilers. Where's this? Just had an email That's to fine. me. That's fine. Do them now. I'll slip them in. Uh, I walk by FFG. Yeah. Do them now. I'll slip them in. Stick them in chat. Okay. Right. So, everyone, moments after we went off air, after that lovely sign off, I, um, just while Pierre was rabbiting on about something, I checked my emails out of curiosity slash boredom. And there, sitting there, glistening, awaiting us, were some exclusive bloody spoilers. There's no point waiting until next week. So we've, uh, we've all reassembled, and we're going to quickly go over them uh, before Peel has to go to Sleepy Bye Bye. Sleepy Bye Bye. So we have got two Lannister cards this time. We've got an attachment and a character. Um, right, let's do the attachment. Lannister needs it. Yeah, so this, this attachment is called Paid Off. It's a condition. It costs you one gold. It's opponent's character only, and it's got an ambush cost of one. And it says reaction. After you win an intrigue challenge, kneel the attached character. Then, that character's controller may give you one gold from his or her gold pool to stand that character. Holy shit. This is non-unique as well. Non-unique. That's... That's fucking brilliant. That is brutal. And it's not terminal. No. That will shape the entire game you play if you have one or two of them in your hand from turn one. This is amazing. Like, that tax... Oh, man. This and a brothel, madam. Are you kidding me? Wow. This is... Absolutely superb. So Lannister are now getting some beastie shit as well. It is kind of following the lineage of the books quite nicely, second edition. Because um, at this point, it was Lannister versus Stark, wasn't it? <coughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's why Stark um, have become beastie, and Lannister are now becoming beastier to combat the beastiness. God, I have to read that. After you win an intrigue challenge, kneel the attached character, then that character controller may give you one gold from his or her gold pool to stand that character. That, that's so good. Spotly. Is Almost. it? Well, it's a similar effect, I guess. But wow, I'm not. I, I really, really like this. This, yeah. Oh How shit! How much gold are Lannister I'm... wanting to have? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, oh, let's just give them something else. They can give them a bit more gold. Like, they're just gonna. Oh, they're gonna be as rich as a Lannister. Well, it's funny you should mention that because the next card, and it's a Thomas Jedrzejczyk bit of art as well, which is great. 
Um, it's a two-cost, non-unique Lannister character with a military icon and a power icon. Uh, it's called the Red Cloaks. It's got a humble two-strength with the army and the mercenary trait. And it says, during intrigue challenges, Red Cloaks get plus one strength for each gold on it. Action. Move one gold from your gold pool to the Red Cloaks. Limit once per phase. Yeah, that card's really good. That's also very good, isn't it? Yeah, that's quite good. <laughs> um, it's a non-unique cheap army. Now, I've been f- waiting for a little reason to consider using Must of a Realm. Um, this could non-unique be Non-unique cheap armies are always fun. Um, just to remind myself exactly the text on Must of a Realm. Um, but just quickly, that, that's... that's I There's plenty of times you've got excess money sitting around as a Lannister. So that's no big deal. This is once per phase. So if you really wanted to commit to it. Like Arbonite, where you pay the one gold to give him plus one strength, but in this circumstance, it's it's permanent. Yeah, it's a must of a realm. 451 is an edict. Uh, Came out and taken the black. During a challenge which control an attacking army character, raise the claim on must of the realm by one. Ooh. Now, can we foresee a situation where these guys and Cersei are going into an entry challenge with that plot revealed. That's quite sexy. Um, what's the other? There's another army plot, isn't there? You can't declare a military unless you control an army? You can now. Yeah, you can yeah. now. Cheap army, non-unique. It is non-unique, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Non-unique, yeah. God, these are really good cards. Lannister are, again, impressive. Why is it? All, all the people... You know, I didn't like in first edition and are now becoming impressive again. And just basically <laughs> saying, aha, this is what we've got. Um, I'm just reminded of this fact now that Beyond the Wall had their spoilers come out this week, actually. Um, they had some Stark spoilers, so they're coming down the pipe as well. I can't go and find them now. I uh, um, don't know where they've gone. Um, but blimey, there's some very, very good cards. Uh, needless to say, everyone, these will be up to look at. You can look at the pictures and read them yourself. Um, I'll put them up a couple of days after the cast comes out uh, just to make sure people actually listen all the way to the <laughs> end. Don't get it for free, you bastards. Um, but yeah, cool. Blimey, they're really, really good. I mean, any more thoughts on these? I like that we get to replace Burned Men because the ambush was never really that relevant on them. No, it was at the start, wasn't it? I mean, it yeah. was a good bit of anti um, Baratech and all that. But yeah, you're, you're right. I think um, it's time is done, isn't it? Because I think House Day Knights were really sort of outshining a lot of the Lannister chuds, which was quite odd. Yeah, they were like the House Day Knights are, are bloody good, but also um, that intrigue icon is very nice on the House Day Knight. So these guys are coming in at the same price point uh, with the same um, icon spread, mm. which is nice. I can't. I, I think I might have imagined that plot, by the way, but you can. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I was just looking. <laughs> I think that's what first edition Master of the Realm was, and that's where I've got confused. So yeah, you can ignore me safely on that point. But um, cool. Fuck me, they're very good. I like them a lot. Sexy. I'm glad I checked my emails now. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Did it all by myself. <laughs> There's no good ways to get rid of that attachment as well, because like, do you really want to confiscate like 
their one yeah, goal exactly. attachment. Yeah. When when yeah, you know they they've probably got widows whale, which is like much more scary. Yeah, too right. Um, geez, Louise, man, I like that a lot. Um, I don't know which one I like better. Um, I think the red cloaks are going to stick around for a lot longer. Um, but the artwork on them is beautiful. Uh, I think the artwork is actually on the red cloaks. I mean, you guys can't see this, but. I think it is the the box art for the King's Peace. Okay. Like the guy guy holding a sword with yeah, a red no, cloak no. in like it looks like it's in King's Landing. Um I have oh, seen he's it sort of the... he's sort of like saying move along. Yeah, I said, yeah. Go on, mate, yeah. jog on, you beggar. Sling your rook. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Brilliant. Okay. Well that's a little extra, a little post script bit. Um Yeah. Fantastic. Super yeah. duper. Really good, mate. Sounds awesome. Great. Right. Well, we'll leave it there. I'm not going to sign off again. Um, this is the end. <laughs>